0: I'll tell the real story of China's leader. The lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist wherever you get your podcasts. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college
1: savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through
0: 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, it's time to drop some knowledge.
2: Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. The deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, how did you find, how did you enjoy your terrestrial Debut or your debut, I should say, as a terrestrial radio host today on Mile High Sports Radio 98.1 FM.
1: Man, I had so much fun, honestly, like way more fun than I thought. You know, there was a little bit of a transitional period. I'm a creature of habit, as you know, Chad. So anything foreign to me, it takes like a few days of adjustment. But for day number one, couldn't have more fun with you. Couldn't be more appreciative for the platform that we have now. Hopefully, some of y'all tuned in. It was kind of weird talking Broncos though and not having the chat, honestly, not having our. Wonderful, faithful followers and supporters to interact with. But I had a a blast and uh, looking forward to doing more of them.
2: That's what I was going to say is it was fun. I mean, who can complain about being given the opportunity and a platform to talk about football, to talk about the Broncos for an hour? Uh, But it was not as fun. As much as I love Zach, it wasn't as fun as me, Zach, and you guys talking. You know, we can we can shake that up as we get farther into the Mile High Huddle show on 98.1 point F, uh, 0.1 FM in Denver, figure out ways to integrate our audience, figure out ways to integrate our Super Chat superstars and supporters from the podcast. But as a uh, debut, I think it was pretty solid and look forward to keeping her going, dude.
1: Yeah, it'll get easier too next week. But training camp starting, preseason around the corner, and we're gonna have oh, a yeah. lot to talk about on the podcast, on the radio show. Again, guys, if you want to check it out, ninety eight FM in Denver, Mile High Sports Radio, five days a week, baby. Your football priests are on the airwaves.
2: Two p.m. Mountain Time. That's right. Um, crucial Zach, information. Gotta gotta pick your brain on this article. That uh let me do. Uh, yeah, I gotta do. Oh wait, before we we do the the Melvin Gordon. Sam Bam jumped in early before we even went live with a very generous super chat. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate you, bro. He says, evening chat, Zach, and Broncos country. Eight Mondays to go until the opener to win the Broncos. Get back to winning ways and being relevant again. Go Broncos. I feel you on that, Sam Bam. But, Zach, I would argue that the Broncos are relevant already because Russell Wilson has – almost single-handedly made the Denver Broncos a national talking point across the board.
1: Yeah, you know, we, we're going to talk about the Melvin Gordon uh, article that I had up today on the website, and uh, I let off by saying uh, second-year general manager George Payton transformed the Broncos from an NFL laughingstock into a must-see playoff contender, and he did that with two moves. First, the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett, then the acquisition of Russell Wilson. So, you know, really until they do win and they are a bona fide playoff team and it's all said and done, They're still going to be, you know, the maybes and the apprehension is going to exist with them. But, yeah, they're relevant again. The national exposure certainly indicates as much, Chad, primetime games and nationally televised preseason games. The Broncos are back, and they're only going to become more relevant from here on out.
2: How ironic it is that for the second time today we are referencing a Bill Barnwell article on ESPN. Uh, Here's what he said. What went wrong? So I'm going to quote you, Zach, for a second. If there's even one misstep George Payton committed over the past six months, according to Bill Barnwell, who ranked Denver's 2022 Hall as the league's best, re-signing running back Melvin Gordon qualifies, but barely. Here's what Barnwell said. What went wrong? Fantasy owners certainly wanted the organization to commit to running back Javante Williams, but they did bring back veteran Melvin Gordon. Gordon's numbers were more impressive than his actual impact. His two longest receptions came on checkdowns on the final plays of the first half, and his 70-yard touchdown run against the Giants came with Denver up by two scores in the fourth quarter. But it's hard to be too upset about a one-year deal for $2.5 million. And that last thing he said there, Zach, is my ultimate takeaway, to be honest with you, is I feel you. We, we kind of hope this might be the year of the, of the pookie, but when you get a running back that is – you know, he's got his warts, but is as accomplished as Melvin Gordon and as good of a scheme fit he is in the zone, wide zone, for $2.5 bucks on one year. Like, you know, you, you don't uh, look that gift horse in the mouth.
1: No, and and guys, we were doing the radio show today, and one of the things I missed was uh, knowing that my audience already is aware of how I feel about Melvin Gordon. didn't want to come off with too hard of a bias on show number one, but I even – Mentioned something nice in the article. I said, as a RB2, he's pretty much elite, and it's a risk worth taking, but I don't understand why Barnwell uh, cited fantasy football. You think George Payton, Nathaniel, Hackett care about fantasy football? No. They care about having a big backfield, winning a lot of football games, and having those two running backs uh, will help them do so. But, again, it should be where Pookie is the RB1, established no – No two ways about it, Chad, no doubt about it. It should be Pookie's job, and he shouldn't have to fight Melvin Gordon for it. We talked about that earlier. I'd be happy to get into it again.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Real quick, some pleasantries, some hellos. Diamond Rattler, the first to comment on YouTube. Dylan, moderating the chat for us on YouTube. Good to see you, Dylan. Appreciate you, buddy. Shout out to Dale Fleming. What's good, bro? Uh, Hope you're doing okay. Hope you're holding up all right. We shouted out Sam Bam, Jeff Noyes. William, uh, who am I I missing early? Those are all the early birds. Jay, good to see you, buddy. And then, of course, we would be remiss to not tip our caps to Phil McLaughlin throwing down on Facebook, one of our great super supporters there on the Book of Faces. Great to see you, Phil. Where in the world is Phil McLaughlin? It's a question for the sages and prophets in time. No one knows where exactly Phil could be at this very moment. Although we do know which city he hangs his hat, but it's good to see you, Phil. Thank you, Phil, as always. As always, um, just kind of skimming through the chat. We got some content we definitely want to get to tonight, some topics that we want to uh, hash out and get y'all your take on a few of these things as well. Uh, Jerry says, so Barnwell's entire point is that (sighs) fantasy might be unhappy. You got to be kidding me, right? well said i mean you know this isn't this is football not fantasy football
1: it's also nitpicking on uh barnwell's part and he admits that he goes his first sentence which i cut out because it's also the same point i made was like there's not too much to be unhappy about when it comes to the broncos offseason when you land russell wilson when you hire nathaniel hackett when you make big moves like randy gregory dj jones k1 williams The players they added in the draft, it's hard to really fault what George Payton has done. And if that's the biggest discrepancy on the Broncos roster is paying Melvin Gordon $2.5 million to be the RB2, they're in a good position, a really good one.
2: No doubt about it. Um, Okay, another topic I want to get your opinion on here is Thomas Hall, who is, of course, the host of his own podcast on MHH, Legends of Mile High. As we have kind of marched through the offseason, he's been releasing uh, a couple, two different series. Is it two? Yeah, two different series. One is his countdown to Canton, laying out the most deserving uh, former Broncos of the Hall of Fame. And then also, you know, top 100 Broncos of all time. That You know, quintessential offseason content. And it was really cool today, of course. It just so happened to be the next one up was yeah. the number seven guy on his list, which is Mike Shanahan. And the reason I say that it's cool is because we learned, what's funny about this is he actually submitted the article, um, I don't know, a week, maybe even sooner, before Shanahan was officially named a semifinalist. So it's really cool that it's working out this way. Shanahan is now officially, Zach, in the conversation, not just the conversation. Like He is being scrutinized and literally in the conversation of the voters themselves for the Hall of Fame. But as you go through his article and and you you learn about uh, his overall Hall of Fame resume, you get down to the Bill Cowher stuff. And this is one that has gotten Denver Broncos fans goat for a long, long time, is how could it be that Bill Cowher is in the Hall of Fame and Mike Shanahan isn't? Well, just because Shanahan won two Super Bowls, albeit back-to-back, and uh, Cowher only has one, Believe it or not, their resumes are actually much closer than you might think in terms of years coaching, overall wins, win percentage, stuff like that. But if you can remember this, Zach, this is what I wanted to get your take on is back uh, ahead of the Super Bowl, Cower was quoted as saying, Mike Shanahan belongs in the Hall of Fame. I've said it. The two toughest coaches I had the hardest time preparing against were Bill Belichick and Mike Shanahan. So my question to you, Zach, is with guys like, that are already in the hall like cower and you got to expect and i got to expect and assume he's not going to be the only one that's that believes mike shanahan should be in the hall of fame who do you think is more likely to get in don Coryell, who a lot of people think no mike will get in next year it's going to be Coryell this year or mike shanahan this year i'm talking
1: well my answer to the, the other question you know why did cower make it and not um, shanahan is that look at the logos if it was a Steelers logo that Shanahan had on his uh, hat or on his shirt throughout his tenure, he'd be in the hall of fame Steelers versus Broncos. In the eyes of the voters, there is no choice there. If it was the 49ers Packers Cowboys, these legacy franchises, they get the first dibs. There's a bias for those teams. And I think there's a bias against the Denver Broncos. I would hope Shanahan gets in. It's a criminal act in my book, a football criminal act of keeping him out of uh, Canton Keeping him out of enshrinement, considering the resume. Look at it right there. I mean, it, he beats Cower in most categories. I, he's at least comparable to him. And if Cower is in, why not Shanahan? So I want to say he'd get in before Coriel, but considering who Coriel, who he was with, and his legacy
2: as well, uh, it's not looking good for old Mike. Dude, I think Shanahan's uh, legacy, for what it's worth, dwarfs Don Coriel. I really do. As a head coach, I think, his, yeah, you got the air Coriel scheme and all that. Cool all right, you didn't win a Super Bowl as a head coach, and Mike Shanahan has the zone-blocking scheme. And even though Mike Shanahan cannot take perfect 100% credit for zone, for the zone scheme because, after all, we can't forget uh, the co-brainchild behind that, uh, Alex Gibbs. Oh, I know what I was going to show you. But uh, he, he brings that to the table in terms of innovative scheme that you know brought home two world championships and then now – What are we at now, 20-plus years from the time of those two back-to-back Super Bowls, it is like the most popular scheme offensive philosophy that everybody is moving towards. It's some sort of an offshoot of the West Coast. It's either going to be an offshoot on the Shanahan side or it's going to be an offshoot on the Gruden side. And I just think it dwarfs him. I think it dwarfs Coriel. But, you know, if he's been in line longer, so to speak, those type of factors and considerations – could take precedence. But Zach, check this out. So this is, uh, I'm going to quote Tom here. The he- the header is Hall of Fame helpers, more with less. One could also argue that Cower was aided by more talented players if, he's just playing devil's advocate here, if you count the number of Hall of Famers he coached. If one doesn't think that argument holds water, the other option is to assert that voters favor the Steelers franchise, which is why more Pittsburgh greats are in Canton from Cower's head coaching tenure than, say, Shanahan's Broncos era. Cower was blessed with the following gold jacketed players during his era. All right, Alan Fanica, Jerome Bettis, Rod Woodson, Dermonti Dawson, and Troy Polamalu. And then he also coached, and got his his one Super Bowl win came with Ben Roethlisberger, who is destined to be on the first uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer. And then also Heinz Ward, who there is an upswell of people trying to get Ward into the Hall. And then he mentions two others that helped Cower in his success a hall of fame executive by the name of dan rooney aka everyone knows him the rooney rule etc and a hall of fame scout in bill Nunn. so he says that's a lot of gold fabric helping to grease cowers wheels it numbers 10 in shrines all right now shanahan he also had some hall of fame helpers act to be sure but so far not as many john elway terrell davis shannon sharp gary zimmerman steve atwater and then of course posthumously pat boland so what he says here And I like this is uh, either Shanahan was a better coach and got more out of lesser players or the voters are overlooking deserving Broncos. Perhaps the answer is both either way. If Cower got into the hall, Shanahan also deserves to be immortalized, etc. It's a pretty impervious argument like it's hard to penetrate that.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking about the Coriel versus Shanahan argument, and I agree with what you said, and I agree that Shanahan probably has the more impressive resume, but to the neutral football fan or the Hall of Fame voter, what carries more weight? The air Coriel offense or the zone blocking scheme? I I think the former uh, would get the pick there. My thing, though, when it comes to Cower versus Shanahan is why not both? They're both mm-hmm. qualified. They both should be in there. It, it, they have the resumes. They have the accolades. I think they have the support, or at least we know Cower does. They both should get in. It shouldn't be an either-or
2: proposition. Agree. They are not mutually exclusive. And that's why I, I really appreciated Cower kind of pounding the table for Shanahan in his own way, saying, look, he's – I mean, when you get mentioned by a Hall of Fame head coach – Amongst the likes of Bill Belichick is the only other option of the two hardest guys he ever had to scheme against. I mean, you know, then you go, all right, well, that's interesting. What was this guy's resume? And they go, oh, okay, yeah, this dude should be in the Hall of Fame. Honestly, to me, Zach and I've been saying this for a long time, long before Shanahan ever became a semifinalist. Was it's not a matter of if for Shanny it's when. And one of the things that has hurt his cause, and we heard this from Jason Cole himself when we had him on the show, that his own team didn't put him in the ring of fame till last year because of whatever you know issues existed between purportedly anyway, as rumors would have it, between Shanahan and Joel as the president slash CEO of the Denver Broncos. But now that he's in the ring, I think it'll be relative shorter. It might not be right away. But I think within the next three-year window, Mike Shanahan will be enshrined. Charlie Dominguez throwing down stars. Thank you, buddy. You know, I I really hope you're right. But what do you say about
1: the past being the best predictor of the future? I mean, look at what Pat Bolin went through, Terrell Davis, Steve Atwater. It took them forever to get in the hall, Chad. And uh, there's still a couple, Gratishar, Mecklenburg, that should be in in there as well. So I I do think Shanahan will get in. But I don't think he's ever going to get in ahead of the more, quote-unquote, popular candidates
2: yes the most uh what was the word that that thomas found here or used here let me see let me see I, this is going to bug me i got to find it real quick talking about how the steelers are sacrosanct right one of the sacrosanct teams of the nfl yep. Mahark, the god king two nights in a row throwing down supers really appreciate that my brother he says what's up my guys chad and zach good dudes and hey scott how you been buddy Mark, dude, you're a legend. You know we love you. You're on the MHH Mount Rushmore, and your profile pic is p- p- popping, dude. We love you.
1: Yeah, I wasn't around to see you last night, Mark, but I definitely appreciate you popping in tonight and making your presence felt. You are the God King for a reason. You've earned that nickname um, way more than once over, and we definitely appreciate you. Hope you're having a good night.
2: Here is a, uh, an interesting question from Quincy on Facebook. Is it wrong that I'm not sold? on Cortland Sutton. Is it wrong? Zach, what are your thoughts?
1: First of all, shout out to Quincy. I believe he goes back to like the 24-7 days. Long time listener of our uh, product. So uh, appreciate you popping in, Quincy. Is it wrong? No, I'm not going to tell you how to be a Broncos fan. I'm not going to quantify what wrong and right would be in this case. Um, There's certainly reason to have apprehension. You know, he had that ACL injury. I think he'll be fully healthy Sutton will this year, and he'll be back to that pre-injury form, but you never really know. There's also the question of the pecking order. Is Cortland Sutton a bona fide top 15 receiver in the NFL? In my opinion, can he outlast the competition from Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, and also the tight ends and also the running backs? Is he going to be the alpha dog, number one receiver I don't think it's wrong. I think it's unpopular, Quincy, how you feel about Cortland Sutton, but I wouldn't say it's wrong
2: necessarily. I understand some skepticism because he popped. You know, One of the things that made his Pro Bowl season so impressive was that he produced at such a high level, literally in the eye of the storm of quarterback instability. Three different starters that he caught passes from that year, and he still made the Pro Bowl. Then he got hurt, and then he returns from being hurt, and he wasn't quite the same. Um, but I wouldn't be too skeptical, my friend, because the Broncos certainly aren't. I mean, he did give him a hometown discount. He could have waited and got more on the open market, but he took the money. And I think the Broncos, even still, Zach, you know, they're respect, They're showing fans what they think of Cortland Sutton by saying, look, here's tens of millions of dollars in guaranteed money. I think now that you have not just quarterback stability, but like dynamic a. a dynamic player under center you're going to see courtland so whatever your fears whatever your misgivings might be about your skepticism on courtland that's going to be smoothed over in relatively short order gregory dude wow. two nights in a row throwing down top rope caliber super chats for you, football priest we love it we appreciate it dude thank you He's relative newcomer as a super chat superstar relative meaning within the last month or so throwing down like this but dude quickly quickly growing into a super chat superstar appreciate you gregory And he
1: already has a phrase that would be a G bomb from Gregory. Definitely appreciate you. That's so kind. So generous. Thank you. Uh, When it comes to Cortland Sutton though, you know, Chad, I wonder would he have signed that deal if he knew less than a year later, the wide receiver market would explode. It doesn't surprise me that Tim Patrick took that type of deal, but Cortland Sutton, I think fancies himself to be that alpha dog number one. So I like, and that's also another thing. It's, is he going to respond after getting paid that, you know, You can not call it big bucks, but you can. it's, what, $16 million a year? It's a lot of money for a receiver coming off an injury. Is he going to live up to that contract? Is he going to outplay it, or is he going to fall short? I'm as big as a Sutton fan as they come, Chad. I have a mini-signed helmet on my bookshelf behind me, but I'm not totally against Quincy for having the opinion that maybe there's a little more apprehension and skepticism about Cortland Sutton than people want to
2: let on. For people that want to make it out to seem like Cortland, you know, he's making peanuts. Think about this. All right. Peyton Manning, which, hey, he was calling the signals for your Denver Broncos not that long ago. Right. Six years. He's been gone the last year. And the Broncos won the Super Bowl. He accepted a pay cut that took him down to 16 million bucks. Pardon me. 15 million bucks. Cortland Sutton's making a million more APY than Peyton Manning. Peyton got the last laugh, ultimately, though, because he got he hit all the contract accelerators that got him right back to his original salary because they won the Super Bowl. But um, shifting gears back real quick here, Zach, to Shanahan and the Hall of Fame. Jerry on YouTube, appreciate you being with us, Jerry. He so said, do you think maybe Hall of Fame voters downgrade Shanny because he had a first ballot uh, quarterback and a future Hall of Fame running back powering the offense? What are your thoughts on that? Zach?
1: Well, you know, I was thinking when you were going over the players – Uh, and and individuals that Cowher was associated with. It seemed like from the way the article was worded that Cowher should get no credit and all, you know, he, he was carried by those players as an example. Well, it works both ways as well. You know, he had a first ballot quarterback uh, Mike Shanahan did and a running back and everything, but he coached them. He made them better because of his scheme, because of his football intelligence, his acumen. It works both ways. Yes, they helped him being that generational type talent, but Mike Shanahan and Bill Cowher both, they had a hand in it being
2: as innovative as they were on the sideline. I don't think it hurts his case in any way, shape or form. In fact, if anything, it's a form of confirmation, um, not bias, but you know, it's a way of them confirming their opinions because look at all the Hall of Fame. I'll put it this way. Find every Hall of Fame head coach from, say, 19 – from Super Bowl era on, all right? Exactly. Find a Hall of Fame coach, and you'll find the corresponding Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, it's not rocket science. So thank you for that, Mr. Producer. Michaela, the duchess. You want to talk about a Michaela bomb? Very generous of you, my friend. We love you. you. We appreciate you. Uh, She says, not to be outdone. I think Melvin might cause chaos in the locker room. May the MHH be with you always. Amen to that, sister. Appreciate you, Michaela. What are your thoughts, Zach? If Melvin Gordon might cause chaos in the locker
1: room, well, you know, as much as I may dislike Melvin on a professional level, he hasn't been a cancer in the locker room either the last couple seasons. He seems to be well-liked by his teammates, well-liked by the coaching staff. I don't like certain aspects of Melvin Gordon's game, his fumbling, his attitude, his, you know, no-shows at voluntary practices, but I don't think he's going to be a cancer where he's going to destroy the locker room from the inside out. As long as he understands that he's the present and Pookie is the future, I think he'll be okay.
2: Dude, ever since the example was set by the great Rod Smith, who never missed a workout, never missed anything voluntary, mandatory, ever since that, what I consider to be Hall of Fame example – it always gets my goat a little bit when players don't show it'd be one thing if they all decided not to show up. It's voluntary and they all decide as a collective, hey, no, we're not gonna come. We're not, you know, pay us to be here and we'll be here. Okay, cool. But when everybody almost everybody else is there and you're not there, to me, Zach, that's just always left a bad taste in my mouth. But Same. getting back to Michaela's point here, I think that's the worst of it with Melvin. Really, I think yeah. that's about the worst of it. I've never heard word one about any kind of cancerous you know, influence in their in the locker room. He sometimes some of the things he says can be a little bit distasteful. Some of his off-the-field behavior can be a little bit distasteful. But to me, that's really about as the worst of it. Plus he's
1: a mercenary nowadays. If he winning cures all and winning would make Melvin the happiest running back, no matter how many carries he's getting on a weekly basis. He wants to get paid and he wants to win a chip. If one of those two things happened, the second would uh, precipitate the first, but as mm-hmm. long as he's winning, as long as he's taking care of, and as long as the team is doing good, uh, they'll be okay.
2: Uh, Michaela, love you. Andrew, what's up, bro? Good to see you, my friend. He says, uh, with some, some serious star action, we seriously appreciate that, buddy. What's up, fam? Chad, Zach, Scott, how did the radio show go, and how can I listen from Nebraska MHH for life? It went well. We had a, a lot of fun it was not as fun if we're being honest uh in terms of like you know hey when you when you go spend an hour doing something would you rather be on the mile high Huddle podcast talking with y'all we talking with to ourselves you know to, to each other and with y'all or would you rather be on the radio for an hour what's more fun zach i found with one swing at the plate on the radio side this is more fun because of the dialectic and the conversation and the interaction but I think that's a a clue for us to figure out how to weave our community into the radio show one way or another.
1: Plus like anything else, repetition, you know, one show versus four years. But, um, you know, it felt like it was we were working when we did the radio show. This feels like we got off work. We're at the pub right now. We're having beers and talking Broncos football. So we love you all for that. Seriously, the
2: interaction is priceless and valuable. We definitely uh, do not not appreciate it. Michael Ronquillo in the house, too. Just wanted to shout you out, buddy. It's great to see you. He's uh, tipping his cap to Andrew Baker. Uh, You know, Jeff, we could talk about is Pete Carroll a Hall of Fame coach? I mean, we're on the topic of Hall of Fame, and here we are. It's July 18th. So let's keep it short, though, Zach. Is Pete Carroll a Hall of Fame coach?
1: I don't know. He presided over one of the best defenses in NFL history. You know one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. I feel like, you know, Richard Sherman is going to be a Hall of Famer, probably um, Bobby Wagner as well, Russell Wilson. So I feel like if we go on the previous template of players carrying these candidates or helping these candidates, I would have to think so. Maybe not a first ballot, but I can definitely see him sneaking in there.
2: And the longer he coaches, the more he racks up the total career wins, you know, the better his odds right. are at improving his playoff winning percentage and all that stuff. But he, bec- he almost became one of – he almost became the sixth – trying to think of it happened since then. Well, he almost became the sixth head coach to win back-to-back world titles. You know, so, I mean, he was one bad offensive play call away from being that guy. I think he'll eventually get in, to be honest with you, because one thing about Pete, too, is I get it. It's the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but you also have a prolific resume at the college level. And even though on the tail end of the USC thing, uh, you know, there was some controversy and some ignominy with the uh, boosters and re- they took Reggie Heisman away and all that. He, he, for the most part, outside of his first head coaching stint in the NFL, wherever Pete has gone, Dubs, success, championships have followed.
1: Every time you mention the Super Bowl, I think of the poor lawn chair I destroyed that night because I was so angry about not running the freaking ball from the one-yard line with Marshawn Lynch. Um, Yeah, you know, Pete Carroll also has that energy. He kind of has that reputation for being the gum-chewer, you know, the high-octane kind of guy, Chad, very much out there, very much outside the box. So all those factors, I think it will help him
2: in his push for Canton, but he's definitely not a first ballot guy in my book. That's right. Scott's reminding me they stripped USC of their BCS title too. So technically in hindsight, historically speaking, he did not win a BCS title at USC. Uh, Did Pete Carroll. What's up, bro. Appreciate the super chat. Great to see you." you. He says, what's up priest. Wish I could listen to the radio show, but I'm in LA. See you guys at the Niners game where Russ reminds them. Who's daddy. Uh, you can listen um, live through their app. There is a Mile High Sports Radio app you can download. I did a little bit of research. I still don't know about the uh, serious thing, but you can listen on the app live. And then after, if you go to their site, you can click on uh, Radio On Demand, and you it goes by show, and you can click on whatever show, and you can listen to the episodes on demand. I don't know if they have that all set up for us quite yet just because – we debuted today just being honest with you but within a week or so's time i can promise you that it will be no problem listening to that show on demand or live so appreciate that sam bam again number two tonight thank you love it dude not broncos related but what do you think deshaun watson's suspension will be if at all and when do you think it'll be announced this saga has gone on too long hashtag tired of it zach I think next week it'll come down. I believe
1: that's when the judge is going to make her ruling in the case. And I'm expecting a year. It's what the NFL is pushing for. It would be decent. um, A PR solution for them, giving, considering all his accusations, a year suspension after they've, you know, mismanaged the Ezekiel Elliott, Ray Rice situations. I think that would be appropriate. But there's a condition where he can appeal and maybe get that cut in half. So I think at minimum, Deshaun will get eight games. I think at max, he would get a year. But it came out today that if he gets a year, he's going to sue the NFL, I think, in federal court.
2: over It's going to be a long, drawn-out saga, but I think a year. So just playing devil's advocate here, just for the sake of Steel Manning for our conversation, Steel Manning, Deshaun Watson, he was never proved or convicted of anything criminal. Don't you think? Even eight games is a tad heavy handed. Cons- now, I'm just, I'm again, I'm not making light of what, the accusations and the, the, uh, what's the word that they use? The staggering, uh, number of accusations, right? The proliferation of evidence, whatever, whatever. I'm missing the right word, but I'm not trying to make light of that. I'm playing devil's advocate, but he, it's, there was never anything enough, Zach, for that local DA or, or grand jury, I should say, to press charges let alone get criminally convicted. So is that a little heavy handed or is this now become more about PR and public yes. perception, yes. et cetera?
1: Yes. Because yeah, I I'm, I fully, fully, fully agree with you, Chad, you know that off cam, you know how I, I kind of align with you on most things like that, but um, it's what the, the masses want. You know, it's what the mob wants, and the NFL has shown a, uh, a proclivity to kind of bend down and kowtow to the mob, the masses, the public. And it's what the sponsors want. It's what the companies involved with the NFL want, because it all boils down to this in the end. That's the money sign. So um, it would be, to me, considering no criminal charges a full year, even though I think it'd be with pay, and he was paid last year and it made millions of dollars. But it's the, the age we live
2: in now, Chad. That's what we have to keep in mind now. For what it's worth, in no way, shape or form, am I making light of the acu- acu- uh, accusations that were leveled against Deshaun Watson. And I was hopeful because, again, when it's one, when it's two, you raise your eyebrow. When it's three, you're going, wait a minute. When it's in the double, double digits, we're now we're in the 20s. I'm over here hoping they find enough to criminally charge the guy, but they didn't, unfortunately. Right. What didn't happen. So in the United States. You're innocent until proven guilty. That's the reality. All right. But the NFL, hey, they're they're a private entity. They can decide things however they want. Right. And so now as Zach mentioned, it becomes a it becomes a matter of public opinion. It becomes uh pub, the court of public opinion, etc. Uh, but enough to Sean Watson talk. Gary Leach Palmer in the house. What's going on, brother? Hey, Chad Zach Scott, another day closer to dust season. Go Broncos and let's ride. Yes, indeed. Let's see. What are we Zach? Nine days out. I think nine days from camp. I mean, yeah, it's
1: next uh, Wednesday, the 27th. They report the veterans and the rookies next Tuesday. The first practice is Wednesday. It's right around the corner and eight weeks from today, almost to the minute Russell Wilson will be getting his first victory in a Broncos uniform. And as he posted on social media today, that uniform includes cleats, Chad, that's a fourth, uh, fourth is next or fourth coming up soon. And it has a Super Bowl trophy logo. So you gotta love that from Russell Wilson, the confidence and the uh the the want-to
2: heading into the oh, season. Yeah. Love that, dude. Is that what Michael's talking about here? Russell Wilson was wearing orange yes. football cleats with words saying the fourth Super Bowl coming soon for the Broncos organization all over Twitter. Yeah, dude. Russ is Russ is living uh he wasted zero time signaling to Broncos country that I'm a Bronco like, hey, 10 years in Seattle, hey, vanquished y'all in a, in a Super Bowl, et cetera. But that was then this is now like it's all I'm all in on Broncos. Let's ride. And that's kind of bold. Right. That's that's a little bit bold. I mean, maybe it's not Babe Ruth calling a shot <laughs> right in the in the heat of the moment. But it is quite bold. And that's corny, by the way. If that's a corny cornerback, then I'm fine with corny, man. I mean,
1: I love the confidence. Again, I love that he stepped into Denver and immediately is getting on board with the championship standard laid well before him by Pat Boland. He's getting the Broncos back to that level. It starts with, Chad, as silly as it sounds, it starts with something on your cleat, and it may
2: end with hoisting the Lombardi next February. Here it is. This is what everybody's talking about. So on his orange cleats, shout out to at Daily Broncos on Twitter. Uh, it says, and it's not, it looks like it's stitched, Zach. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't even, well, no, it's not. Mm, I can't quite tell. Either way, it's quite permanently on that shoe. It's got a Lombardi trophy and then fourth coming soon, dot, 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 dot. Rad, dude. Rad. Love that. And, it, of course, he's saying fourth. He is talking to the Denver Broncos. Like it might not say forthcoming to the Denver Broncos, but obviously that's what he's saying, not just because he plays for the Broncos, but Broncos have three. This would make four. Ben Wallman, appreciate you, bro. Thank you for the stars, big dog. Real quick,
1: though, before we get to Andrew, Allen's kind of furthering the narrative that Russ is mega corny, but we love it. Aside from the let's ride thing, which is a little overdone by Russ, how is he corny? I don't understand that. And if Russell Wilson's corny, what would that make Paxton Lynch,
2: you know, with the dabbing? Right. Sure. Well, I'll, again, this I'll play devil's advocate. Once again, just for the sake of our conversation here, it's stuff like that where it's a, where ham handedness, cheesiness, corniness. Um, there's a little bit of the Tim Tebow, goody two shoes thing that people talk about with Russ, like, you know, like he's about to go walk on water or something. It's just, Part of his reputation, I, I don't particularly view him as as um, cringe. You know, I've, that's the worst I've heard. Is some of his stuff is cringe. Not in a way where it's like um, bad or wrong, but just that you know what makes you cringe. The height of like corniness. The height of you know it gives you anxiety. Like uh, cringe. I'm not that far on Russ, but I mean, there's some things he's said and done in the past. Even the let's ride thing, like constantly asserting that I can see why people would say that that's corny. Doesn't bother me, but maybe Zach, it's because he's now sporting the orange and blue. And it's not like I watched every single press conference as a Seahawk, you know, like I do now. Like, right. He's he's my job now. Right. He's on the team that I cover. It's not like I was watching. I I was covering the Seahawks for 10 years. So there's a lot I'm sure I've missed. I mean, you got
1: people with no car and are you know
2: overdrafting their bank accounts and they're
1: talking crap on a nine-time Pro Bowler with a freaking supermodel, world-famous R&B singer wife, you know, millions of dollars, Super Bowl winner. I think some of it's envy too, but that's a whole other conversation.
2: Yeah, Andrew says we're in the dead time or dog days, but hell a lot better than this time last year. Yeah, I mean, this time last year we were sitting here trying to project. No, it's got, to, they're, they're not going to sit Drew down, are they? Or no, nah, they brought Teddy in for a reason. What's going to happen? Those days are behind us. You know, those days are behind us. It's quarterback is solved. Quarterback is solved.
1: Thank God. I, I, can't, I couldn't do another season of the competitions of uh, a mid level, if that quarterback. Uh, thank God every
2: day that George Payton made the trade that he did. As Dylan says, corny is better than toxic, and I'll do you even sure. one better. Corny is better than loser, right? Corny. I'll take it. Even 2011, go back to the whirlwind Tebow season. I'll take the cheese ball. uh, God bless y'all. Tim Tebow stuff. All right. And the, and the, and the Tebowing on the field stuff and just some of his goody two-shoes stuff. I take that all day long when you're winning the division and going to the playoffs that year, right? I mean, that year they backed into the division and they backed into the playoffs, we don't need to dredge all that stuff up, but I'll take that all day long. Now you multiply that, a force multiplier, in the form of Russell Wilson. We're not talking, you know, eight wins, hold on for dear life, pray to God you, you make it to the playoffs. Like, he's a, you know, it's, it's an upset when Wilson doesn't win double-digit games as a quarterback of an NFL team. People don't hate losers. Remember that it's true.
1: And I think it applies to Russell Wilson. It applies to a lot of people in sports that are hated on for no other
2: reason than the fact that they're successful.
1: And I think that kind of translates over to Russ.
2: All right. We are at 38 minutes. And being that we're in the off season, guys, we're not going to, we're not going to drag the show on for the sake of dragging it. If we, uh, if we run out of uh, topics or things that you guys want us to get to, we'll sign off for the night. Phil asking about this show on some stars. Oh yeah. So Phil, you're wondering about the serious thing. Um, Don't know for sure on Sirius yet Still don't know Did some research on it It's still unclear for sure But because I'm not an expert on uh, I'm not an expert on Sirius On satellite radio or whatever But again guys if you want to catch the Mile High Huddle show On 98.1 FM Mile High Sports Radio Monday through Friday 2 to 3 p.m. local time Mountain time Download the Mile High Sports Radio app and you can listen live, or just go to their website, milehighsports.com, click on the on-demand, uh, listen on-demand, and you'll be able to find our show. I don't know, again, I didn't check before we went live if it's updated, if it's there yet, but give it a few days for us to settle in, all that stuff. You'll be able to find it on the regular if you're not local or if you don't want to download the app, etc. cetera. Sam Bam, number three, love you, bro. Thank you. Says, Sam. yep, so glad we're not talking about an upcoming QB competition, and I hope we don't for a long time.
1: True that for sure. You know, it's when we have a podcast on July 18th, Chad, and the title is, you know, ESPN says what went wrong with the Broncos by re-signing Melvin Gordon to a $2.5 million contract. If that's the worst thing we're talking about right now and not who the Broncos starting quarterback is going to be, I'm so happy. It's a new day, really. And I've said it since the Russell Wilson trade, pretty much since the Hackett hire, actually. But every day that gets closer to the season and we don't have those discussions anymore. We don't have those problems anymore.
2: I thank God for it. Uh, Jeff wanted to know: Did Peyton go into the Hall of Fame as a Colt or a Bronco? They don't have to choose that anymore, so it's not something that is a thing any longer. So he's a Bronco. Yeah, I mean, just look at his actions post-retirement. He again, we talked about this on the show uh, today. In fact, on uh, on the radio show, Peyton makes himself available when the Colts come call, and if they need him for a Ring of Fame thing, or they, you know, he will go and oblige them. You're not seeing, you know. Reports indicate he's rebuffed any any overtures of joining the organization in any sort of official capacity. He's maintained his home in Denver, right? Is raising his kids in Denver? Very engaged with the Broncos, even on an unofficial basis. Zach, like the carousel of quarterbacks, each and every year. How many stories have we written about Peyton Manning, uh, Trevor Simeon, Peyton Manning? <laughs> Case Keenan, Peyton your, Manning. I don't going. remember writing one about Peyton Manning, Joe Flacco, or Peyton Manning, Paxton Lynch, but I can remember Kate Keenum articles, them talking, Locke articles, them talking, uh, Teddy articles of them having great appreciation. So my point being here that Peyton st- is staying engaged with the Broncos, and then, of course, Woody Page confirming the Adam Schefter report from about a month ago that it's expected Peyton Manning is going to join the quote-unquote new alliance of ownership at, at uh, you know the Walton Walton Penner ownership group, we don't know for sure if it's ownership or if it's on some kind of an executive level or if it's on some kind of like you and I spitball today, Zach brand ambassador type level. But Payton's a Bronco through and through.
1: Yeah, if you followed Payton closely on like on social media. Uh, what he's done, like even his golf events, his uh his uh, golf cart will have like Bronco's colors or a Bronco's logo subtly, but he has it on there. He's definitely a Bronco through and through. And you can tell the last couple years and winning the title with them kind of made an impression that uh, is forever.
2: Not only that, Zach, but Manning has a memory like an elephant and you cut him. Right. You did draft a number one overall when he, th- after he threatened you and said, if you don't, I'm going to make you regret it for 15 yeah. years. Then you cut him. You cut him. You cut him. And it would be one thing, Zach, if you cut him and you turned out to be right and he, he couldn't overcome all those neck surgeries and he flamed out, like signed that five-year $96 million deal with the Broncos and then goes on to kind of whimper out of the NFL. That's not what happened. The four years he played in Denver microwaved the previous eight years, basically, from a, from a production standpoint, statistically, Zach, from a wins and then from just, you know, it took him – 14, all 14 of his years to get to two Super Bowls in Indy, right? Uh, Let's see, 06, so he was eighth-year veteran when he won his first Super Bowl and made his first Super Bowl, won it. And then, you know, in 2009, so he's 11th, 12th year, whatever, when he got to the next one and lost it. In four years in Denver, he makes it to two, wins one, and then calls it a career, retires. It's that elephant's memory. He doesn't forget, you cut me, dude. You rejected me. It fueled him, I think, in large part to go do what he did and the way he microwaved things in Denver. But you cut him, and that has a lasting influence on, I think, how Peyton Manning views that relationship. Whether he would ever admit that or not, I think there's something there.
1: That's a great point. And uh, when you kind of butterfly effect the thing out, it's crazy to think, like, if the Colts don't cut Peyton Manning, think about that of that sentence alone. If the Colts don't cut Peyton Manning, the Broncos probably don't win that Super Bowl in uh, Mm -hmm. 2015 or 2016. So it's crazy. Thank you, Indy, for making
2: that decision. Plus, you cut him when he was down. You cut him when he was – he needed you to support him still. I get it. You could have cut him the year prior uh, when, when he missed the whole entire season, 2011, he missed the entire season. But let's face it, the only reason they didn't cut him was because the cap ramifications weren't as favorable as they were when they ultimately did cut him in the spring of 2012. So not only did you cut him, but you cut him while he was down, dude. Like, he needed your support. So it only drives the knife, you know, A2 Brutus thing, right? Like Caesar in the (laughs) Senate getting knifed in the back, you know, uh, further home in in the uh, Peyton Manning zeitgeist. But, Zach, dude, what fun it is to uh, talk with everybody. Um, I got one more question from Ian I want to grab, and then let's dip out of here. Ian says uh, on Facebook, is there any truth to the rumors Broncos want former Vikings linebacker, Anthony Barr.
1: I have not heard anything. They've been really quiet on the, um, the roster and personnel front, no signings, no uh, cuts really. So, um, I, I know it's speculation out. I think you, I think we wrote that story, Chad, based on what Bleacher Report, uh, propositioned the Broncos to, uh, to do uh, That's pick up Anthony Barr. I don't think they're going to do it even with the George Payton connection. I think they like the linebackers that they have. And, uh, they're willing to go into camp with those uh, those same players.
2: All right, guys. Oh, Michaela, one last throwdown. Number two super chat of the Thank night. You, Thank you, the Duchess says. I'm glad you don't have to choose a team anymore when going into the hall. More I fair. Agree. Yeah, especially for the guys that achieved greatness. It's not like Tony Dorsett, right? Tony Dorsett goes and plays however many years at like top of the mountain production with the Dallas Cowboys, and then swan song, kind of a forgettable year in Denver, and then retires. No, no, no. For the guys that actually do great things with multiple franchises like Peyton did in Denver, I mean, yeah, that's or John Lynch did, or Brian Dawkins to a lesser extent, uh, Aqib Talib. I think he's going to be in the conversation for the Hall sometime in the not-too-distant future, Zach. When you look at his accolades, uh, the fact that he contributed to a world championship fact that he's in the top three or four off memory of most pick sixes in the nfl history all time and you look at the guys who are on that list that are they're all in the hall basically except to keep um i wouldn't be surprised if to finds his way to the hall of fame at some point
1: well if, if personality was a factor chad he'd be a first ballot guy there's no one like a keep nor will there ever be in the nfl again but guys that was the mile high huddle podcast did not butcher that. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Be sure to follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, and also our producer Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some hats, shirts, tank tops, coffee mugs, anything you can fancy is in that store. HuddleUpPod.com. Get your merch on as soon as you feel like it. And also Facebook.com/slash Mile Huddle Pod. Like that page and follow that page, guys. If you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your Football Priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every month. But as you see ticking below you, please do these three things. Takes a few seconds. Helps us out immensely. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Again, it really helps us grow
2: and reach more Broncos fans just like y'all. Guys, before we get out of here, I reminded myself we need to give you an update on this, on the YouTube contest and Facebook. Here's your top rankings on uh, YouTube, DWI guys at number one right now. And then the Duchess, Gregory, Sam Bam, that rounds out the – let's see. Yeah, DWI, Michaela, Gregory, Sam Bam, and Zeus, McPeak, Stu at number six, and then just a few names just outside. And then I can't flash the graphic, but I can tell you the list, the top five on Facebook uh, as of tonight. Phil McLaughlin on top, Gary Leach-Palmer, Number two, and those two are separated by about 700 stars, is all. Mark Schrader, number three, Travis Weber, four, Jacob Foster, number five. So, as Zach said, appreciate you. Love you guys.
1: We'll see y'all Thursday. Uh, take care. And as always, guys, go Broncos.
0: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.